You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I'm Joe Delio, joined by Chris Flum for today's preview for the Giants Sunday matchup with the Los Angeles Chargers going to be in the later afternoon game being played here in sunny Los Angeles. Going to be an interesting game though, Chris, because the Giants right now are dealing with a bit of a a, a problem, I guess you could describe (laughs) it as. It's a bit of a musical chairs situation at the quarterback position. Things are up in the air with Daniel Jones. Might not really get him back for a few weeks, it sounds like, when you're dealing with a neck injury. Something like that might require a bit more attention, a little bit more caution, because you don't want it to be career-ending. But at the same time, we don't know if Mike Glennon uh, clears concussion protocol. We've got Jake Fromm possibly set to start, and we have Brian Lewerke right behind him. And then we also might even have Clayton Thorson in the mix. So, Chris... This is an absolute mess uh, for an <laughs> offense that already is very, very terrible. Yeah, that that I think is the best way you can describe it, at least while keeping this show family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used other words before we started recording. I think people can figure out about the phrasing we used, uh, but mess will suffice. Yeah, I think right now the Giants are kind of hoping this game could get moved to Buffalo. And they could get 50 mile an hour winds and lake effect snow again. <laughs> that I that would be great for their offense right now. But yeah, re- the just about every position is a mess for the off for the Giants right now. You know, the uh, Joe Judge said today. Right now, they have no reason to believe that Daniel Jones's injury will be season ending. So, uh, to me, that more or less rules him out for this weekend, which we kind of expected. He traveled to Los Angeles ahead of the Giants. Right now, they're at the University of Arizona practicing. Mike Lennon, they're hopeful he'll clear the concussion protocol, but, you know, who who knows? And with concussions, you cannot be too careful. Uh, Brandon Staley just basically demonstrated that for us with Joey Bosa. Uh, Bosa took a shot nine plays into the game against the Bengals. They immediately evaluated for him for him, evaluated him for a concussion, but he cleared the initial concussion test, but they kept him out of the game anyway, because you can't be too careful. But of course that also does mean Joey Bosa will probably be in line to start against this giants offense, which uh, might be starting Jake Fromm. looks like it's going to be without Kadarius, Tony Sterling Shepard, Jesus. People who were in who were at practice said that Kenny Galladay was doing very little. So it looks like his rib injury, yeah. I'd say he's questionable right now. We haven't gotten a, a uh concrete determination on that, but 
you know, he, he at the very least seems to be dealing with some pain. So, you know, what does that leave the Giants? Right. It leaves them with very little. And basically at this point where maybe we should just promote the entire practice squad and, and just trot them out there to get them some reps and, and ha- go run around for a little bit, have some fun, because this <laughs> is uh, this is going to be a really difficult game for this this Giants offense going against defense that's not uh, elite, but they're, they've got some serious talent at various position groups. And we'll touch on that in a sec. But to just wrap up our, our quarterback discussion here, Chris, I'm kind of in a situation where, and I know I was joking about the practice squad thing, but this is more of a serious take. If Glennon's 50-50 and he's not even like getting game-ready reps until Thursday or Friday, I almost would rather put Jake Fromm out there and just see what he can do because what we got from Mike Glennon last week that's not like that was anything positive or or anything exciting. It was bad. And I, I don't think Mike Glennon playing in this game on short preparation is going to net us very much more positive results than if we put Jake Fromm out there to start the game. Because you never know. You might get a guy who looks pretty good and he uh, ends up proving to be a good backup. This is a backup tryout game at this point uh, with all the different names that are in the possible rotation. It really is. Right now, it looks like the Giants' three healthy quarterbacks for this game could be Jake Fromm, Brian Lewerke could be promoted off the practice squad or elevated off the practice squad, and then Clayton Thorson on the practice squad. That is, that's not an an inspiring group of names out there. Uh, we've, you know, we saw Mike Lennon. We've seen enough Mike Lennon. We saw Lewerke in the preseason. We saw Clayton Thorson in the preseason. We saw Brian Lewerke because of how bad Clayton Thorson was. <laughs> so, th- this isn't, yeah, at the most important position on the field, things are not great right now. And I'm with you. If Mike Lennon is out there on maybe one day of practice, yeah, just, just roll with Jake Fromm. There's no need to go padding Derwin James' stat line any more than necessary. Uh, if Asante Samuel Jr. comes out, haven't Asante's Samuel picked off Giants quarterbacks enough? Uh, yeah, we don't need to be putting a guy who cannot move out there against Joey Bosa and Echeni Nuoso. Yeah, those two guys are good edge rushers. And yeah, the Giants do have one small glimmer of hope, but as far as the passing game goes, uh, it's not going to be pretty. And, and this isn't like a situation where the Giants have six or seven wins and they're they're in that clump of teams that are fighting for that seventh wild card spot and they just need a, a, a guy to get the job done uh, to, to get a win or keep things close. Kind of like what happened last year with Colt McCoy. This isn't a, a Colt McCoy type situation where Daniel Jones wasn't available and, and they were actually not that far off from winning the, the NFC East and they just needed him to step in and get the job done. And he, he kind of did that in, in the games that he had to, to play and start for, for Daniel Jones and said, this is a four win team. This team is very much out of contention with the amount of other teams that are seriously fighting for that wild card spot. There are multiple five and six win teams fighting for, and it, there, there's a lot of them. This isn't like this is a two team race. There's like four or five teams I think that are fighting for that final spot. So the giants, they're not going to win this game 
I, I know that's as definitive of I've ever been in speaking on a, an outcome of a game. But when you don't have Dan, when you don't even have your starting quarterback and you're on your third guy, um, it, it just gets to a point where it really might just be better for this team to to put out someone and see how they do, see if they can perform and step up to the challenge. And you've got other options that if he sucks, take him out and put somebody else in. There's two other quarterbacks. If if you really want, if if Glennon's available. Put him in if Fromm absolutely craps the bed. And then if you want to get Lewerke and just go for it. The, the, there is nothing here positively to result from this game. They're not going to win it. And even if they win it, it doesn't do anything for them. Yeah, It, it hurts their draft position. Exactly. Well, which yeah. we, we don't root for better draft position on this podcast. I try to say that we don't. But um, that's also something. We, but that that is a factor. <laughs> yeah. But we can also be realistic here. Yeah. The. I will say the Giants do have a very slim path to victory. And that's just because, number one, the Chargers' run defense is bad. They have one of the worst run defenses in the entire NFL. Now, part of that, I think, is a little bit inflated because they've played teams like the Baltimore Ravens, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington football team, the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys – the New England Patriots, they, they have played a lot of really good running offenses this year. However, that doesn't change the f- fact that they're also not very good at stopping the run. So I absolutely 100% fully expect the Giants try to do what the Patriots did against Buffalo, where they just lean on the run and whoever is in the game is handing the ball off 30 plus times and they're going to hope that just through sheer volume of carries that Saquon Barkley or Devontae Booker can break off a big play and maybe do enough to keep the defense in the game you know, not allow not allow Los Angeles to start walking away with the game because if they get even you know if they get a 10 point lead game over if they get a seven-point lead, that defense is going to start swarming. Yeah, and strangely enough, this this Chargers defense you're talking about statistically, they are not very good. And you, you look at how this roster is built. The the interior defensive linemen aren't great. The edge is really where where the the, the strength is in this in this D line. Their linebackers aren't very great, and they've got a strong secondary. But up the middle, it seems like it's pretty open for them to to run the football effectively. Strangely enough, the last week. They played really, really good against uh, Joe Mixon and the Bengals. I think they held him to like 50-something yards, which is a really good performance. But I'm in agreement with you here, Chris, that you've, again, you've got nothing to gain, nothing to lose. Try running the football. See see what you can do in terms of maybe trying to get some, some things rolling, running the ball. And you've got two effective running backs and I know that sounds so lame to call Saquon Barkley effective, but that's basically what he's turned into. <laughs> yeah. Get them 20 carries uh, each if you can and just see what happens. And, you know, if you have to throw the ball, throw the ball. I know that's such a bleak approach, but the options for this Giants team aren't very good. And I don't see a reason to throw the ball a lot against this this Chargers defense that's built to to to, to defend the pass because of how good their secondary is. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. They have a really good secondary. You know, Derwin James is 
he dealt with injuries over the last two years, but when he is healthy, he is one of the biggest playmakers in the NFL. And he plays all over the place. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety, box safety, will linebacker. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he could play defensive end. And yeah, he is just one of these new age back seven defenders who is big. He's just insanely athletic and he's skilled. So that is you know, a great weapon for Staley's defense. And that's, you know, tough for a team like the Giants to overcome. And the Chargers use him to create, they use a lot of their secondary pieces to create a lot of really intricate looks. They do a lot of coverage rotations, a lot of hybrid uh, coverages. And they they also play a, a fair amount of press man coverage, which is not great considering how many injuries the Giants have on their wide receiving core. So they really are built to work along with their offense, which yeah, Justin Herbert's playing really good football right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's an understatement. Uh, And and flipping the script, you're talking about this, this chargers offense. I'm less concerned. I think about this giants defense in this matchup, just based on what we've seen over the past few weeks. But what's going to be a problem is if they're on the field too long, we'll see that gradual, they start to get tired. They start to get, um, you know, chipped away at a little bit too much. And then that's when those big plays start to come out. Depends on the approach. If they come out with a, uh, you know, approach like the, 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 the Bucks had where it was just dump off, dump off, dump off. And they've got Eckler who we know is, is great at picking up yardage as a, as a, a receiver coming out of the backfield. But this is a very diverse offense. They've got a lot of uh, weapons separate from Eckler. I would consider Justin Herbert to be a weapon himself because he's a fantastic athlete. But you've got Keenan Allen. You've got Mike Williams. They've got a lot of options uh, to get the ball to. And there's a possibility we don't have Keenan Allen in this game. But regardless, uh, explosive and they've got the pieces. And the Giants defense actually might match up well against some of these receivers. Yeah, that I think will be much more interesting than the matchups on the other side of the ball. Uh, Justin Herbert is, he is shaping up to be a future star or actually a present star at quarterback because he's got size, he's got the mobility, the athleticism to be an effective runner. He's a hell of a lot better passer than they ever really allowed him to be at Oregon. He's got all the arm strength you could ask for. He's accurate. He can fit the ball into tight windows pretty much all over the field. And like you said, they've got some really good offensive weapons. Even if Keaton Allen is out, they still have Mike Williams. They still have Jared Cook at tight end. Uh, Jalen Guyton, made some plays last weekend. Yeah. Donald Parham at tight end. He's pretty not bad. And then, you know, they've, their offensive line is, you know, it it is improving. The Giants are going to get a real close look at Rashawn Slater, who is playing left tackle for the chargers. So this is going to be a tough matchup for the giants defense, but, just as we've been saying, the defense is going to have to basically pitch a perfect game for the Giants to have any hope of even making this a, cl- a close game. Yeah, they're going to need to really step up if um, if they want to be uh, a, you know a big impact in this game. And, and I really do kind of think that what makes the most sense, Chris, um, is what I was lead- leading into at the beginning 
where we'll see a strong start to the game from the defense because you know these these Chargers receivers are a little bit more possession based. They're a little bit bigger. They're good route runners. The Giants have the corners to cover guys like that. They they've struggled against faster guys, but here they are in a situation where they can cover um, these bigger bodied receivers with a James Bradbury, with an Adoree Jackson. And, and, you know, all, all the plethora of safeties that they have. But I, the thing that's going to concern me is that if if the Giants can't, they're not going to control the time of possession, but if they can't at least chip away at the time of possession by running the ball and just leaning on the run game, regardless of result, and just keep going back to it, if they are vastly outnumbered in terms of time of possession, the Chargers are just controlling things offensively. I really do see, like, come third quarter, come fourth quarter, Maybe it's a close ball game in the first half. They just start to pull away because that Giants defense, as we've seen multiple times this season, just starts to get dead tired because they're out there so freaking much. They're being asked to do everything. And that's probably going to be what we see again in this game. Yeah, that that's pretty much what I expect. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chargers come out and yeah, play a ball control offense themselves. Yeah, you know, try to exhaust the Giants' defense and really just trust their own defense to keep getting three and outs from the Giants' offense. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see them play a a whole lot of man coverage. Just stack the tackle box, dare whoever happens to be under center or behind center for the Giants at quarterback to beat them with their with his arm and dare the Giants to throw and just say, we are devoting eight or nine men to stopping your running game. Yeah, pass if you dare. And then, yeah, the, basically get that, that death by a thousand cuts before something finally breaks loose for the Chargers. That, that's kind of the way I see things going down. Yeah, I think that certainly makes sense. The last thing I just want to hit on with this um, with this Chargers offense, the, the one thing that's been a, uh, I think, a talking point for this Chargers team is the improvement in the offensive line. And, and they went and made some free agent moves. They signed some underrated players. But Rashawn Slater has been fantastic. Uh, and I think that we could probably get, depending on where they line up Ojalari, we could get that rookie battle of the, the very talented uh, underrated Aziz Ojolari, who keeps just randomly getting sacks here and there and uh, going up against who has been one of the more dominant rookie linemen in Rashawn Slater. So this is this is a Chargers team that their offensive line used to be a serious weakness. And last year, we watched Justin Herbert run for his life. And all we were talking about is they have put <laughs> Justin Herbert in a death trap, but he's still so so talented and they seemingly have built up that unit to where it's not necessarily like a top five offensive line but it is a vastly improved one that fits the uh, the offensive approach and the strengths of this team it does and you know, it's it's really been kind of a process for them and also part of the process is uh, justin herbert maturing and he isn't putting his offensive linemen in bad spots anymore either getting Rashawn Slater uh the Chargers tried to get Brian Bulaga he is on the injured reserve right now I don't know if he's going to be activated anytime soon you know it's I suppose possible he could be activated for this game although I like I said I haven't seen any kind of update suggesting that 
but between their between their improvements on the offensive line, the way they run their offense, and just Justin Herbert being an Im- an improved second year quarterback with yeah you know, really star upside, star potential. I'd say Pro Bowl potential, All Pro potential. It, it's really starting to come together for them. Yeah, this team is is ironically turning into I think what a lot of people hope that the Giants would turn into. Um, instead, here we are in two completely <laughs> different scenarios where we're asking ourselves who the hell is going to be playing quarterback this week, and you know how, are they going to run the ball a lot? And the other team is is surging towards um, a possible playoff berth. So this is going to be a, a interesting to say the least game to observe. Um, Hopefully the defense is willing to carry this Giants team yet again and we can see a a decent performance. But that's going to be it from us, folks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button uh, to stay up to date. Five-star review if you enjoy listening to the show and we will talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.